Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Red Leg Nation Radio. It's a podcast. I'm one of the hosts of that podcast. My name is Chad Dotson. One of our, our other hosts is a guy named Joel Luckup. Joel just happens to be on the line with me. How are you doing today, Joel? That was the most purred happily opening <laughs> ever. Excellent uh, purred uh, reference. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know where that came from. I'm just I'm, I'm happy <laughs> to be a Reds though. fan, excited about everything related to the Reds right now. And so, uh, you know, things could took th- three out of four from the Brewers, the best team in the majors. Nothing's going wrong. Everything's coming up Millhouse for the Reds, right? Exactly. I mean, as far as I know, and I've only been paying attention to baseball for four days now, things are great. Uh, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Hey, three out of four from Milwaukee. That that all joking aside, that's not bad. Yeah, and you know what? I was really surprised, and maybe it was just the the people that I was seeing on Twitter. I was really surprised to see the tenor of um, of people's attitudes not being a little more upbeat after that three out of four. I thought the Reds played really well this weekend. I thought they, um, you know, they looked they looked good against the Brewers. I mean, if you assume that the Brewers are for real, if they're a good team, I thought the Reds did a pretty good job of handling them across the board. At the very least, I think that it, the Brewers are not a bad team. There, there were some people before the season who predicted the Brewers to be uh, you know, in the race anyway, so... Uh, I, they're not the best team in the majors, as their record right. showed coming into Cincinnati. But yeah, it was a good performance against uh, what well, was a pretty good team. Uh, I agree. I thought the Reds actually even looked pretty good. Uh, it was not not necessarily smoke and mirrors. Um, like it's beginning to look like Atlanta had been using to win all those games early. But um, of course, the elephant in the room here: the Reds three out of four, starting to look better. But you know, we talked before the season. I can't believe we're already, this is the beginning of May, and we're having the same podcast. Before the season, we talked about all the injuries, you know, and I thought, oh, I'll be, I'll be clever. I'll, I'll use the MASH theme song for, uh, <laughs> to open up the podcast. And, uh, and here we are again talking about a different set of injuries, but it was pitching before the season that we were worried about mostly. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we have three eighths of the, uh, what we thought was going to be the starting lineup. Either on the disabled list or getting ready, possibly maybe to go on the disabled list. Uh, the the biggest blow out of that, of course, is Jay Bruce. And mm-hmm. uh, you know I like Jay Bruce. He's a good baseball player. He tore a meniscus, torn meniscus in his left knee. They don't know when he did it. He's on the disabled list. He had surgery, and he's going to be out. They say at least a month. Is it irrational for me to immediately, my mind immediately jumped to July two years ago when Joey Votto had the, uh, had a, the, the same injury really? Well, it, I mean, it's certainly not irrational. In fact, that's probably a normal reaction for most people in that situation is to, you know, remember what Joe, what the Reds went through with Joey and how scary that was and how well it ended up turning out. Uh, it's probably irrational to think that the Reds are going to go 25 and 5 or whatever it was that they went during that span. Um, but you know, I I don't think it's a it's a death knell for them. I don't think that this is you know the the final injury that's going to ruin everything for them as as some in the media have um, been ex- extravagantly saying. Uh, what, what is concerning, the big concern, is the fact that they have lost both Bruce and Mesoraco, and and they really only have uh, you know three or four legitimate power bats in the lineup to begin with, and two of those guys are gone now. Um, so it's it, you have to wonder where the where the 
the pop is going to come from in the lineup, especially because, um, you know, Joey Votto has been hitting doubles and, and he's got uh yellow line power, not warning track power. It goes a little further than that, but not <laughs> right, quite yeah. enough to get it over that wall. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, he, you don't really have anybody in the lineup, maybe Frazier who, who comes up as a, a home run threat, um, you know, during the game. So that's one thing you got to be concerned about, I think. Well, it's not like Bruce was, you know, tearing the cover off the ball. Um, yeah, but, you know, people and, – and people have been saying that, that, oh, it's not going to hurt. Bruce hasn't been hitting well. <laughs> hey, the, you don't – baseball isn't just a straight linear game where a guy hit – a two fifty hitter hit, goes one for four every game. We all know that. Everybody has their ups and downs. And Bruce, you know, uh, Bruce's ups and downs are much more significant. And so – you're, you're pushing off that Bruce bump uh, another month at least. You know, we don't know what he's going to be like when he comes back. We don't know when exactly he's going to come back. So you're pushing that off another month. So all of this talk about well, he was only hitting two whatever, two twenty, um, two sixteen. Come on, two twenty, two sixteen, whatever. I rounded up. Okay. Um, <laughs> you, you know, he's only hitting like that. That that's not the point. Because you don't play in the past, you play the future, and you, we knew that Bruce's. I mean, history has shown us that at some point here, probably in the near future, Bruce was going to be ready to start hitting again. And uh, you know, and on top of that, I mean, at least he had a three fifty. Well, sorry, three fifty two on base percentage. <laughs> you're, for um, a stat guy, you're very imprecise today. I know. Well, I'm not actually looking at the numbers, so I don't. Oh, okay. Um, you know, so. Uh, there, that is still going to be need need to be replaced um, somewhere in the lineup. Somebody's going to have to pick up that slack. Well, exactly. I mean, Bruce is the second best hitter in this lineup, and we were already concerned about the production uh, of this offense. And now, without Bruce in there for at least a month, uh, bad, bad, bad news. Even though you know Ludwig has been okay, uh, Frazier's actually been pretty good um, at the plate. But I, I just I'm, I'm really concerned about how. The Reds can compensate for the loss of Jay Bruce because, especially with a, a, another outfielder down now, and we'll talk about Billy Hamilton in a moment. But uh, the the outfield starts to look awfully weak when you got guys out there like uh, Skip Schumacher and, and Roger Bernardina and Heisey's Heisey. I, I like Chris Heisey, but you know he is what he is. So, um, so that that really concerns me. But the, more than anything, when I talk about being irrational. And really, I, I know this is overly pessimistic, um, but man, I think about that Votto injury a couple years ago and how it was much worse than the initial reports were, and, and everybody thought, oh, he'll be back. And then even after he got back, he wasn't right for a long time. Uh, it really affected him into last year, too. Oh, I know that's probably the worst case scenario here. You know, Bruce is a, a young, relatively healthy guy. He's, he may be back a in one month and be just as good as ever. Wow, this is something that lingers and lingers and lingers. Um, all right, we, we we want to choose to be optimistic, but I swear I, I I begin thinking this team is snake bitten this year. I mean, this team is just this is not their year, uh, right? And I don't want to let those thoughts sort of creep in my head. Uh, but wow, how much more can this team take? And I'm not sure they can take a whole lot more. Yeah, and and the thing about it is that you know we said early uh, in the spring that the the one thing that really hampered this team is that it did not have very much depth. Lack of depth, and, absolutely. And you look at the bottom three of tonight's lineup, uh, tonight being Tuesday night, um, where you've got uh, 
Neftali Soto and uh, Tucker Barnhart down there. I mean, you know, uh, these guys, you know, Barnhart's acquitted himself okay. I mean, he's hit a home run. Soto uh, obviously has not. Um, you know, they, these guys are not guys that can be getting regular starts every day in a championship lineup, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, uh, tonight playing in Fenway Park against the uh, the Red Sox, down three to one as we uh, as we speak. Although I'm not sure we want to follow it like we did the last time, uh, follow it together like <laughs> the last time we were uh, on a podcast. But um, the Reds are using Neftali Soto as the designated hitter, mm-hmm. and this is something I wanted to to get to when we talked about Hamilton. Um, but that that really concerns me that Soto's the the best option. He might be the best option tonight. For designated hitter, and and he's not a very good option. Now, Billy Hamilton is out, and we'll, uh, well, let's go ahead and just jump into him because it's a it's a way to get to the point that I'm trying to make. Uh, Billy Hamilton, obviously, Doe made a great catch um, last Tuesday. Uh, has had swelling. No, 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 it was Thursday. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Oh gosh, it was the first game of the Brewers, first oh, no. pitch of the Brewers series. Yeah, let's all right. Let's let's start this whole podcast over. Uh, I'm not allowed to make any mistakes. Um, uh, three, two, one. Welcome to Relic. No. Um, yeah. So he so he he gets hurt and he's uh, not been able to play any since then. And they're talking about possibly putting him on the disabled list. Who knows? It's, he tried to swing the bat uh, today and did three swings. Couldn't hold on to the bat. And uh, and Walt Jockety, they asked if there were plans to play some of the disabled list because because uh, Hamilton actually said, hey, who knows? That's a possibility. And Jock Darkey said, "Not yet. I don't know who we'd replace him with." <laughs> and and that, that's a point. I mean, you know, uh, we talked about the depth, uh, and that relates to the uh, question tonight of Neftali Soto's their disabled uh, is uh, their disabled list uh, designated hitter tonight. Um, is this team just ultra ultra thin uh, after sort of the starting group? And is that something that should be on Walt Jockey? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is—it's been a collective problem. The bench has been shaky at best. Um, there have been some good performers on the bench over the last few years, but there have been some atrocities on the bench. Guys that really had no business playing in the major leagues anymore. You know, you can go back and look and and doing things like OPS plus and and looking at that. And, and over the last three or four years, there have been some of the worst players in Reds history to get, you know, 200 plate appearances. Um, so it's not something that's just happened this season. It's been a collection over the last couple of years of uh, players who have, have just not contributed all that much off the bench to the Reds. And it's been a regular thing. So, yeah, absolutely. This is on Jockety. Well, and, and really, I, I phrased that in the form of a question because I thought we were playing a game show. Uh, oh. but I, but I, uh, and you answered it uh, certainly very well. But I thought you were just setting me up for the obvious <laughs> answer so that I could look like the smart one. Well, you are the smart one, but um, yeah, but that's I agree one hundred percent. That's my answer too. Yes, it's absolutely on jockey. The fact that we don't have anyone better to play designated hitter than Neftali Soto. The fact that uh, the Reds are had given so much playing time to players who, frankly, are uh, it's questionable whether some of these guys are even you know the Roger Bernardina types, uh, the Ramon Santiago's. Uh, whether they should be getting any playing time at all. And now the Reds are going to be counting on some of these guys, Skip Schumacher uh, specifically, to play a lot of innings. And it, you're right, it's something that we've been sort of complaining about for the last few years, for, uh, back to Willie Tavares 
and and that ilk. And you know, I don't know if the answer is just because Jockety uh, has trouble evaluating talent enough to uh, acquire the correct depth that he thinks that Skip Schumacher and these guys that he gives his two-year contracts to are worth it or are still legitimate major leaguers if they ever were or if it's just a case you know maybe is it a case they spent all their money on uh, on the starters and don't have anything left to uh, to sort of fill in the gaps I, I can't I, imagine that's the case I, I think one of the things about it is that if you look at the guys that they've been bringing in for the bench, the majority of these guys that they bring in are solid defensive players. And I, I wonder if maybe they get a little too focused on defense and don't realize that it'd be useful to have a a significant. Not, I mean, you don't really tend to have a significant bat on the bench, but you know, somebody on the bench who um, is a threat. Uh, really, for the last couple of years, that's been Chris Heisey. And while Chris Heisey's been outstanding as a substitute, um, he has not uh, – he's not the kind – I mean, by himself on that bench, he, he's not that, that guy you fear. Now, having – having you know, when Mezzarocco was healthy, having Pena on the bench is, has proven to be very uh, helpful to the Reds. Um, so, you know, I – so far, Pena looks like a pretty good uh, guy to have been brought brought in to be a backup catcher. Uh, but you know, otherwise, I feel like we end up you know every year there's that the Cesar Torres, Ramon Santiago, Wilson Valdez, um, Jack Hanahan, uh, Jack Hanahan. I mean, these guys that are I mean they're good they're they're solid defensive players, but they do they do nothing with the bat. They don't bring anything to the game with the bat. And I don't I don't understand the point of wasting time on a player like that. Um you know, especially when you've got a good defensive squad already out there. You know, it's it's not like any of these guys are being re- used as a late in late inning defensive replacement, but you've got a lot of guys that fit that mold of the late inning defensive replacement style player and um you know, it's just that's the problem as I see it. And maybe I'm making it sound like it's too easy to build a bench, but it seems like there's too much focus on that style of player. Frazier singles in Votto, reds down three to two, runners on the corner, one out. Um Yeah, no, I I, I agree. A guy like Chris Heisey is a guy who's he's not a starter. I think he's shown that. Solid fourth alpha, but it's a guy that when you've got injuries, you can bring him in and, and spot him for a, a you know, three weeks or something, and he's not gonna kill you. Uh, defensively or offensively, um, and that's the kind of depth you need. It's a guy that you can that if he has to play some extended period of time, he's not going to kill you. I'm not sure why the Reds. I, I think certainly defense uh, has been undervalued uh, in Cincinnati even uh, for a long time. And you know, generally, I, bringing in defensive oriented guys, hey, I'm all for it. I think that that can help the team. But I just don't see how when you got a guy like Cozart uh, at short, you got a guy like Brandon Phillips at second, you got a guy like. Um, the Frazier even, uh, who's turned into a, a decent third baseman uh, defensively. Yeah, you know, why do you need a backup infielder who can't hit? And, right. And, and the Reds have no backup infielders that I can. You know, I guess I, let me look down the forty man. I don't know that there's anyone that can hit. Right. Uh, and, and so I, I'm with you. Why do you need a guy? You don't need a late inning defensive replacement for Zach Kozar. You need a guy that can pinch hit when he comes up in the ninth inning. You know. Yeah, and and the Reds have not it, had that. It seems like you should be able to, and, and you know, I, I hate doing these these kind of hypotheticals because I I don't have any names on off the top of my head right now. But it seems like you should be able to find 
um, somebody who can play serviceable shortstop, but is also somewhat of a threat with the bat. I mean, in uh, know, like maybe, Jeff, Jeff Keppinger in the old days uh, for yeah, the Reds. That's yeah, the type of guy exactly. I'm thinking about. Yeah, um, exactly. Some and, and maybe that's unrealistic. Maybe we're being unrealistic about right. it. Um, but you know, it, it, it there seems to be a lack of creativity when it comes to the bench in that in that form. Um, you know, and it, and it came down to um, Ramon Santiago getting picked to be you know your backup infielder um, when there's really, I mean, what has there been a situation this year when when Ramon Santiago has done something that useful? Um, I guess he filled in for Phillips the the one day uh, when Phillips needed a break, and he's filled in for Kozar, But I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like a creative uh, system. Could be, you know, you could come up with a creative system to fill those holes for one day every once in a while. Yeah, I well, I, I I can't figure out what value a Ramon Santiago brings to the team or or uh, Cesares Torres. And it this would be particular team. It would be another thing if we had, um, you know, Johnny Peralta out there at shortstop. Right. Exactly. You know, or or. Um, you know, I can't think of other guys who are who are more known for their hitting at short. I mean, shortstop's kind of an, has evolved or devolved or whatever back into the '80s and '70s form of, um, you know, there's not a lot of good offensive shortstops out there outside of um, one particular one who is ungodly right now. And, <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. And um, so you know, you get uh, you. You focus on getting a good defensive player as your starter at shortstop, and then, in my opinion, you you try to find somebody with a lesser bat. I mean, we don't need to belabor belabor this point, but I just feel like that was a, a fault in this roster uh, design that um, really has been kind of similarly done. You know, you know, Edgar Renteria was brought in as a shortstop backup. Short, you know that. Right. So I mean, it's not it's not like this is something new, but it's something that it feels like. You know, Jockety feels like you have to have that guy, and I just I have a hard time understanding that. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, you, you got Zach Cozart. Uh, he's he's a glove first guy. Now, if they wanted to bring Troy Tulowitzki in and then let Cozart be the backup, the defensive, the glove man backup, I, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I mean, why didn't Walt do that? Yeah, I mean. Well, that that is on Walt Jockety, right? There. <laughs> absolutely. The fact that he did not acquire for his bench Troy Tulowitzki and Giancarlo Stanton. Yes. Um, I, I I'll probably never forgive him for that. Um, outfielder wise, the Reds are just as just as bad at trouble. Uh, the only healthy guy they've got, I think, in Triple A, just about, is uh, Jason Bourgeois, um, who's not on the forty man, but he's got a spectacular name. Um, I don't even know how especially to... for a team named the Reds. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's perfect. It's perfect. So, um, you know, if you don't, and if you don't get that joke, go read some Karl Marx, people. Come on. Wait. Oh, what? Wait. What? The... Yeah, that's right. I am espousing <laughs> communist, communist manifesto here. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, well, I'll, All right. I'll, let's start I, over. Relic Nation sh- Radio in three, two, one. You're gonna shut me down. <laughs> My First Amendments are being oppressed. All right, now we're not gonna. Are we, are, are we gonna have the Donald Sterling conversation now? No, 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 no. Um, yeah, I, I think that. Uh, and, and again, I, I hate to hammer too much on Walt Jockety for who he's acquired, who he hasn't acquired, because there's so much that I don't know about what he tried to do and and what he was able to. It was, it was possible for him to do. Uh, he tried to get Grady Sizemore, for example. Um, 
and uh, I don't think it was his fault that they couldn't get him. Uh, Sizemore uh, just wanted to go to Boston, um, and so. And which is weird. Why would a player want to go to the team that just won the World Series? It's so weird. It makes no sense. Um, but you know, uh, don't ask me. These athletes. Uh, don't ever ask me what's in the mind of an athlete because I would have ne- never had any idea. Um, so you know, some of that may be unfair to Jockety, but on the other hand, there are things uh, again not to belabor the point, such as uh, thinking we need a glove first guy on the bench that don't make a whole lot of sense, and that's really coming back to bite the Reds. Um, so Jay Bruce out for a long time. That's going to hurt the Reds. Billy Hamilton, if he goes on the disabled list, um, I, you know, I guess it hurts the Reds. Hamilton has been playing a little better of late. Um, and the fact that there's nobody really to replace him, I guess it's Skip Schumacher every day in center field, uh, from now on, um, uh, a Schumacher, Heisey Ludwig outfield does not sound like the outfield of a world series contender. No, that I mean, it, it's a step down from, uh, you know, from your Geronimo Foster Griffey. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would say that. Just, just a slight step. <laughs> it's a, it's a step down from just about any Reds outfield of the last uh, thirty years. No, no, uh, come on. Now there was in 1997. They had their their left fielders. Their left fielders were Chris Steins and Deion Sanders and Tom, or Curtis Goodwin. Now, come on. <laughs> Curtis Go- that was the, their left field. Uh, <laughs> the immortal Curtis Goodwin. Um, yeah, that's pretty ugly. Um, and, and, and like we said, Ludwig's not been terrible. But over the long term, I just can't. And, and we're talking long term. If, if Hamilton goes on the disabled, we may be talking for the next three weeks to a month. Yeah. Of those guys as, as the Reds' really primary starters in the outfield. And, and all of a sudden... I could talk myself into uh, thinking that the the Reds' April, given who they played, difficult schedule, I could have talked and, and then win three out of four from the Brewers there at the end. I could have talked myself into th- saying, hey, "Not bad, you know, we we can we can live with this." All of a sudden, you know, you have a bad May because all these guys are out, and then you're then you're buried. You're you're you know a third of the way through the season. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the other guy That's we're talking scary. about. It is scary. It's very scary. The other guy we're talking about, of course, is uh, Devin Miserocco, who's for the second time. He was on the disabled list on opening day with the strained left oblique. And, of course, uh, he's on the 15-day disabled list again, strained left hamstring. And this guy did nothing but hit while he was healthy. And well, of course, he also he, caught. Oh, did he? I don't yeah. rem- I don't remember that because of all the highlights of that uh, magnificent, beautiful bat of his. Um, and so, obviously, he wasn't going to hit like that the rest of the season necessarily, but wow. That bat out of the lineup, as much as he'd been producing, uh, ugly. So you, you combine that with Jay Bruce. I think Miserocco is a, a, a good, he wasn't going to be a superstar hitter, but uh, certainly a capable hitter that would help this team from the right side of the plate. you got Bruce, who... Uh, is one of the better hitting right fielders in the game. And uh, all of a sudden, this lineup, again, maybe we're belaboring it, but I, how, can they recover? Uh, you, I, don't, I, I think tell me. this is one of those points where I, I feel like if maybe um, they they had somebody they could trade to acquire a bat, this would be the point in, in the season where that would happen. Um I just don't know how that's going to happen. I mean, I and I don't know, you know, Walt has pulled off miracle trades before, but I think the 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 trade market has changed. 
it's changed a lot, and I am, I'm concerned that it's the game has kind of passed him in that area. Now, granted, he did pull off a good deal for Latos, and we don't need a superstar deal like he did with that one. So it's not like right. the Reds need four main prospect or you know sol- or three solid prospects or whatever. Um, you know, there there is that possibility out there. There's some guys in the lower levels that you know you might be able to get yourself. And this is going to be weird, but a, a Ludwig type bat to play right field, or, or potentially, I don't know if you could get a Ludwig type bat in center field, but um, you know, to play one of those positions, and I don't think it would take more than um, you know than somebody at the lower you know lower levels in the minor leagues that is it i mean it's going to be somebody like you know probably jesse winker or some i mean i I don't i'm not going to start throwing out names because i have no idea who's available out there and i have no idea who the reds are willing to part with um but i'm just trying to say that you know it's somebody that perhaps we like but uh you know you have to kind of figure out where that window is is it is it important enough to try to win now um because you know, all of this core is getting older, and if the Reds are in it, you know, if they have a shot uh, in a month from now, if they're close to first place a month from now, and it looks like Bruce may still need a couple more weeks, or and it looks like Hamilton is, you know, maybe Hamilton the the thumb maybe he's playing, but the thumb is, you know, his numbers are terrible or whatever. Uh, you, you have to look at possibly pulling the trigger on a deal that. Uh, may require you to part with somebody that um, we're looking forward to, you know, two or three years from now. No, absolutely, I'm all for it. Um, well, and and that actually brings up something that I have discussed with a couple of other people that I just this is probably unrealistic. But if I'm Walt Jockety, uh, first of all, what am I doing on a podcast with you? And second of all, what I start thinking about is there's this guy that's coming back, uh, supposedly coming back. They're hoping for Friday. Uh, the start of that Rocky series that he'll be making his return to the oh, bullpen. That Errol, that Errol Dice. Errol Dice. Errol Dice. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. Um, the Cuban guy is yeah. com- is supposed to be coming back uh, this Friday. If I'm Walt Jockety, I look seriously explore the possibilities of trading him for something that can uh, for a piece that can really help put this team over the top. And uh, and this is where I'm going to disagree with you. Let's, let's hear it. <laughs> and, and the only reason I'm going to disagree with you is because I feel like he is really needed in that bullpen. And I, I, I understand the argument of trading him uh, to, to fill a need. You can get a, probably get a pretty good piece for somebody like Aroldis Chapman. Uh, and, and I understand that. He uh, he is a game changer in that bullpen, and I know we all hate the way he's used as a closer and blah 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 all of that. And I know that you know nobody's valuable for 70, 70 innings, but um, the chaining effect of him moving into that closer role and how it pushes everybody back in the roles that I think they're more comfortable in, uh, I think is significant. Uh, is it is it the kind of thing that's going to turn this team into um, you know a heavily favored playoff contender? Probably not. Would they be better off having a good bat? Perhaps, uh, depending on who that bat is. Um, do I think that a, a trade would realistically happen? No. No, I don't think it's realistic either, but I, I think I'd explore it if I'm Walt Jockety. And so here's here's where I disagree with you. I, I actually don't disagree with much of what you just said. You're right. He, when you put him in that closer role, it uh, causes 
all those other relievers out there to be able to change their roles and, and sort of step down on the depth chart and it certainly makes that uh, bullpen better and and I love Araldis Chapman I love watching him pitch obviously we wish he were a starter I wish he were a starter um, that's never going to happen but that doesn't mean I'm any less excited when they start playing that music and the ninth inning comes and he comes uh, waltzing in out of that bullpen and uh, it's exciting I love being in the ballpark when that happens but I look at this roster and we've talked often uh, we've talked today about it it's it's a very thin roster very little depth and very little when it comes to trade chips i mean heck i'd love to let's trade brandon phillips but there's no market for brandon phillips when i look at this roster there's one guy that sticks out as uh, being what i would consider an overvalued asset um i think the reds are uh, he's not being used to the i guess the he's never going to be used in cincinnati um, in in a manner that befits his talent, and so Why are I look you at changing it, the subject to Skip Shoemaker? Shoemaker. <laughs> oh, you you caught me. I was trying to swiftly uh, swing it back around to Shoemaker. No, I look at Aroldis Chapman. He's the he's the he's the one. I guess uh, I don't know if, if overvalued is the correct term because I'm not sure there, there's as much overvaluing of any uh, one even closers these days as there was at one point. Everybody's getting smarter in baseball, and, and that goes back to the question of whether it's sort of past. Well, jockety by a little bit, but he is the single biggest trade chip that the Reds have, and he's the one significant trade chip that the Reds could lose, in my opinion, and uh, and and paper over his absence a little bit. I guess uh, certainly the bullpen is much, much, much better, and he is. I guess you could call him. Uh, and as a matter of fact, you did call him a game changer out there, but he's the guy that I think the Reds could afford to lose, and would bring a significant haul in return uh, to the right team. So that's why I would explore it. I can't argue with anything you've said, but I just don't see any I don't see any other trade chip to really seriously, if we're talking about getting a, an impact player in here. If you're talking about a Ludwig-type guy, hey, I'd love to have a Ludwig-type bat in right field right now, and I can't believe I'm saying that, but I think, yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a significant improvement. Um and so maybe you can trade a prospect or two prospects or whatever um, for that. Some some minor players move some chess pieces around. But if you're talking about making a real splash, I don't know who else there is to trade other than other than Chapman uh, to make a, a sort of a big uh, a big splashy deal like um, Jockety has done in the past. That, well, is you, there could any- trade, you could trade Johnny Cueto. Well, you could. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. Why- <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. But I'm just, you know, just saying that Johnny Quaid's probably got a pretty significant market right now, especially uh, given that he's only he's got another year at ten million dollars still. Club option, uh, yeah. So uh, and that he, that's going to be a uh, um, uh, certainly a, a valuable uh, club option because Quaido, golly, is this guy. Um, I don't, why would you even mention that? I'm gonna I'm gonna have nightmares tonight about the Reds trading Johnny Cueto. I, I, I want know. Johnny Cueto to be a Red forever the way he's pitching. I know, I know. I'm I'm kidding. I you know I, I did hear people talking about that though. People are you know people saying things like, well, since he's pitching so well, the Reds should trade him. They could get a great bat for him. It's like, well, now that is um, that is a little short sighted. Well, this time. Yeah, this time next year I might be changing my tune if the Reds are not looking like they're uh, going to be either willing or able to sign him to a long-term deal. Uh, you know, next year I, I, he'd be a perfect guy to explore 
dealing. You know, at this point, I fully expect everybody to get $100 million contracts. <laughs> Every time I think the Reds can't afford someone, they do. They they open the checkbook. And uh, listen, Cueto, when he's been healthy, has been just superb. I mean, he's been out, outstanding. And so uh, count me as a member of the Johnny Cueto fan club. I mean, this is arguably, you know, you could you can argue that this is the greatest seven-game start to a season that any Reds pitcher has ever had. There, oh, wow. there are, I mean... Or at least in you know in the history that we know of, um, which is you know goes back a hundred years. So I think that's a pretty significant amount of history. Well, wait, uh, did did you check Jimmy Anderson's stats when he was a red? I I did. Well, he had a he had a bad one in there. Oh, okay, all right. Okay, and by a bad one, I I I may have miscounted. <laughs> okay, all right. Proceed. You checked. Uh, um, no, but I mean it's it's it is certainly. Uh, you know the the numbers I keep looking at them, and it's hard to find um, you know some stats that he does not rank high up there uh, in the top two or three. Uh, you know for somebody through their first seven starts. I mean he's the he's struck out the the most batters after seven starts of any Reds pitcher, uh, and he's not even a strikeout pitcher, or at least he hasn't you know been for the last couple of years. So that's pretty amazing. And um, so yeah, I mean it's it's pretty awesome. That's all yeah. I'm saying. No, I I agree. He's uh, and I've said it probably the last two or three weeks uh, on the podcast. Uh, Brett Bronson Arroyo, as anyone listening to this podcast will know, was my favorite Red, and uh, but for reasons it's very similar to why Johnny Cueto is among my favorites now. Just uh, he's so much fun to watch pitch. Um, but to circle back around, are there look look at the roster? Who else do the Reds have in terms of making a significant deal? They may not be able to make a deal to fill in some gaps here and there, but. Is there anyone other than Chapman that you would consider uh, a decent trade chip that might bring anything in return? Uh, no, and I and I do wonder how much Chapman would bring. Um, you know, I don't think you were obviously not talking about a superstar bat. No, so, uh, they, we keep we're always going to run into this issue of okay, if you're going to make a trade, what position are you filling? Because it's not. I mean, the the obvious one would be shortstop. Um, and it's not like the uh, there are a lot of shortstops out there that are that are uh, good defenders, which you don't want to give up that defense, and have a you know a significant upgrade in bat over Cozart. And would you? I mean, would you want to trade for um, you know just again as an example? Would you want to trade uh, Araldus Chapman for uh, Johnny Peralta type? I'm well, not sure, no. I would. I know, no. and so, so you know that's the. That's the question. We've got a lot of the guys, a lot of guys like that in our lineup. I mean, you, you're not out there openly looking to replace Todd Frazier, are you? I mean, it's, who are you going to get out there that's a significant upgrade over Todd Frazier? Did Billy Hamilton just bat? Yeah, he bunted. Sacrifice oh, okay. bunt. All right, I, yeah. I saw him running off the field, and I wasn't sure. What, okay. Um, yeah, well, maybe you're right. Maybe we just need to uh, hold the line and hope that, that some of these guys get healthy. And if you can make a trade to improve whoa, whoa. some of the, the gaps on the team, the bench, et cetera, then maybe that's the best uh, option. I, I think you may have misunderstood me. I am not saying <laughs> I'm not saying hold the line. I'm just saying that I don't know where the, where you aim for where on that deal. Now I could see you know I could see them going for a right fielder to fill in that hole because then when Bruce comes back then you've got a, a, a supposedly significant upgrade to your bench. Right. So I can see that. I mean, it's you're essentially replacing uh, Bernadina is what you would be doing. Well, that's what I meant. Rather than hold the line, I meant let's let's upgrade right. the bench. Let's upgrade uh, some of the surrounding parts. Uh, in the meantime, 
Tucker. Oh. No. <laughs> Again, I'm a, I'm a 380 to right field. Yeah, I'm a little he behind hit, you there. So I didn't. He hit 375. Yeah. Tucker Barnhart, who's been on Red Lake Nation Radio a couple times, great kid. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway. yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. I mean, if the Reds could trade Chapman for Troy Tuta whiskey, okay, I'd do that. <laughs> uh, but obviously that's unrealistic. And, and, and the other part of that is I talk about uh, Chapman being an asset, and he is. I think he's a could be a significant asset. But then again, you got to look at your market. Uh, who are the teams that are willing to really deal someone for a top-shelf closer? If he were if he were a starter, it's it's different, uh, I think. But there are going to be a limited number of teams that are that are seeking, you know, uh, a top shelf uh, back of the bullpen type guy. I mean, everybody'd like to have him, but who's going to be willing to give up a lot for him? So I don't know. It's uh, I just see him as the only really legitimate trade chip that Reds have if they're going to make a significant deal, unless unless you know you could trade anybody, uh, trade Jay Bruce if you're getting back a right fielder. Uh, in the deal, depending on who it is, you know. So, who knows? But um, the Reds. I think there's. I think there's a deal out there to improve the Reds. I don't know what it is. I'm just saying hypothetically. I think there's a deal out there to improve the Reds. It. I don't believe that it will cost somebody like Chapman. I. Uh, I'm just not sure what that deal is. I. I mean, I. And I think that um, if I'm Jockety, I'm working hard to improve the bench. If I'm. If I feel good about this team's chances going forward i'm working hard to improve the bench if not i'm starting to trade off pieces then yeah yeah i think i think the starting eight if healthy and that's a big if with this bunch but if healthy they're adequate Uh, you know i think you can have a competitive team with this starting eight um the problem is they've not been healthy all year and who knows when they're all going to be healthy and uh and when they're not healthy as you've said the bench is just horrific Uh Uh, so Pitching continues to be pretty good, though. Uh, we've t- spent a lot of time talking about the offense. Talked very briefly about Johnny Cueto, who's been spectacular. But all in all, the pitching uh, continues to be uh, to be pretty good, with the exception again of, of Homer Bailey. Um, and well, he wasn't he wasn't too bad tonight. Outside of the he had five walks. Mm-hmm. Um, he battled. He, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't completely bad though. No, no, definitely, and, and, and Bailey is what Bailey is. You're starting to see a lot of complaining. or not starting to see. You, you see this about Homer Bailey for the last six years, uh, complaining uh, Twitter, talk radio, things like that about him. Um, the, let's go ahead and say it. No, it's not time to get worried about Homer Bailey yet. Uh, so the rest, of the, the rest of the rotation, Cueto's been spectacular. Uh, Simon will be hopefully leaving the rotation soon, but he's been uh, effective on the mound. Tony Singrani has been, uh, his last couple of outings, uh, not great, but productive through his first six starts. Uh, Mike Leak has basically been Mike Leak through six starts. Um, he is what he is. I'm just looking through here. Leak uh, not striking out a whole lot of guys. Singrani is striking out a lot of guys. Um, Cueto, wow. Let's look at their <laughs> K9 uh, numbers. Uh, Cueto surprises me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, starting rotations in, in, in pretty good shape. And the bullpen, by and large, has been it, – it is what it is. You know, it's not been awful. Uh, Hoover's uh, ER has brought his ERA down to 9.72. Hey, what about that? Um, Chad, actually, look away from the TV. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, – Joey Votto just popped out uh, foul territory. Actually, I just saw it. I just saw it. I just with saw runners it. on first and third. Um, 
Anyway, he's not he's not paid to pop out on the infield. I know, and he usually doesn't. But uh, that was a good that was a good chance for the Reds. Votto's overpaid. Trade him. Trade yep. Votto. Um, you could get you could probably get a decent bat back for him. Not as good as him, but <laughs> right, right. Where you get, how are you going to get equal value for uh, for him? Although uh, I, I'd say there are many who think that anything you get back for Votto would be better than him because he doesn't, both. he doesn't drive in any runs. I, we need those ribeye steaks. He doesn't drive in any of those ribeye steaks. Um, so I guess really the answer with this team is get healthy and improve the pinch. Improve the bench is something that should have happened in the offseason, though, um, and improve the bullpen as well. The bullpen's not been awful. Um, how long that can be sustained, who knows. But, you know, liqueur has been good. Um Lequeur's been better than good. Lequeur's been fantastic. Um, you got to get Chapman back. Yeah, J.J.'s pitched well the last couple times out. He pitched well tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Manny Parra's, for the most part, has been yeah. has been good. I think uh, I think I'm hoping that they're starting to pull away from that uh, pitch Manny Parra against everybody strategy. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, for the most part, everybody's been okay at least you know there hasn't been anybody that's been um, a total disaster outside of hoover for the first couple of weeks i mean andrusic is what he is and and that's part of it with bringing chapman in you're going to start pushing some of those weaker guys out the other side theoretically or at least at the very least you're you know you're they're going to stop putting andrusic in in a uh, um in a key role in the eighth inning Right, some of those uh, adi- uh, some of those opportunities are going to go to guys like Lecure and uh, Sean Marshall or Para, and yeah, that, you're right. That helps the Reds absolutely. Um, the bullpen has been surprisingly good. That's one of the things we talked about before the season with the injuries we were concerned about. And of course, you hope. Uh, I, I'm still not convinced that Latos will be back um, in the first half of the season. But if he comes back, Simon goes to that bullpen and uh, theoretically improves. Well, that's assuming that's assuming Singrani's back as well. Ah, uh, no, good point. Good point. Yeah, <laughs> um, we uh, didn't even talk about him because it's almost like he's not even gone. <laughs> well, I mean, he's funny. It's funny yeah. because they didn't put anybody in in his place because they have so many days off. Right. They brought him brought up Porch, I believe, didn't they? Yeah. To take his yeah. spot on the roster. Yeah. Um, and I, I completely spaced out. You're right and didn't mention him, Tony Singrani. Um, uh, he didn't even want to go on the DL. <laughs> Well, he's a bulldog. I know. Yeah. Love that guy. Love yeah. that guy. Um, but yeah, but he was placed on the table list with left shoulder tendonitis, which uh, doesn't sound like anything to be particularly concerned about. So uh, hopefully he'll be back soon. Um, what's the latest on Latos? Are we ever going to get him back? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You, 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 used to, you don't know what to believe about the reports, and it's not that the Reds are being actively deceptive necessarily, uh, although they don't have any uh, duty to tell me exactly what's going on. But, man, it seems like uh, everything I read, it just does not lend to much uh, optimism that he's going to make it back anytime soon. No. But maybe I'm just being overly pessimistic. Um, but, hey, Chapman might be back soon. Skip Schubacher, activated he's from back. the disabled list. He is back baby <laughs> if, if you're like me uh, you love bacon and also you love the fact that the skip schumacher era has begun in cincinnati uh ah, schumacher 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 could probably uh, he could probably he's, help the team as the 25 25th man on the roster you know he's not gonna i mean he's 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 a 23rd man on the roster. i mean I, yeah. you know, 
I'm not being I mean he he does have a skill. He gets on base. It's not mm-hmm. you know his skill isn't as significant as it you know maybe once was, but you know compared to some of these guys, at least he does that. Um, yeah, I'm he. Not sure I, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say he doesn't kill you as the twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty fifth man on the on the roster, and um, and and, and I, we make fun of him a little bit, mostly just because he's got a goofy name. But yeah, but when he's the starting center fielder, you got problems. Uh, that's uh-huh. that, and, and that's what he's going to be. It looks like, if, especially if Hamilton goes on the disabled list. Right. Um, it's the it's the Bernardinas and, and Santiago's that if those guys are getting ex, uh, extended amounts of time in the lineup, uh, then you got problems. And we're back to where we were the first five minutes of the <laughs> podcast. So yes, you have wasted the, these last forty <laughs> minutes or so of your life listening to us repeat the same mantra over and over and over. Yeah, go subscribe. More of this every week. <laughs> <laughs> We promise in the future we'll talk about other things. Yeah, it's just oh, been a hopefully. Uh, hopefully, it's been a depressing week in some ways. On the heels of uh, some really pretty good play on the field for the Reds, uh, and they haven't looked bad tonight. At least not when I've been watching them. So. No, they're against a good team. You know, they're they're. I don't know what to make of this team. Who knows? Maybe they'll have. Maybe they'll hold their own while these guys are out. Maybe Jockey can swing a deal, and then the Reds uh, with the Brewers coming coming back to earth. The Reds could be just a you know a few games out uh, as we as we get close to to uh, June, the middle of June, late June, and you know, who knows? No reason to give up on the season yet, but there there are some signs that have caused think, me to uh, to be concerned. I think that is the their their new marketing. Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Cincinnati oh. Reds baseball. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> you need to pass that one along to uh, to uh, someone, uh, Lisa Braun, or someone in the PR department there at the Reds. Um, okay, so here, here's the question I'm going to ask you, and this is a completely unfair question for which there's no way you can really give an informed answer because it's just a guess. But I'm going to make a guess too, so we'll both look foolish. Um, right now, we let's look at the uh, at uh, the All Star break, mid July. Where is it? Where is this Reds team? Uh, I I'm gonna say right now I'm gonna say they were uh, within you know two or three games either way of 500, and um, they're going to be optimistic because guys will be coming back and healthy. That's what I'm gonna say. I think I mean, that's it. The All Star break is still is still you know basically two months away, so that you know they're gonna tread water, and we're gonna play this game. Treading water and optimism, and hopefully we don't play it a lot in the in the second half. Hopefully in the second half they start showing who they can really be. Well, you know, and who knows the way things are going. Obviously, the Brewers are going to come back to earth. They've already started to come back to earth. Uh, St. Louis is not. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to make of them. I I don't either. I expected them to be much better, and they and they probably will be. But they're five hundred right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Milwaukee comes back to earth, and if the Reds can stay around 500 at that point. You know, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Reds, Reds baseball. Who knows? I think we've just discovered the title of this podcast uh, tonight, <laughs> this episode. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it and, and going into tonight. It looks like the Reds, I didn't even, actually didn't even realize this, had the best run differential in the National League Central. Yep. Um, did did not did not realize that. Of course, they're far behind uh, the two leaders in the national, or the yeah, the two leaders who are uh, Colorado and the Miami Marlins. Uh, boy. As you would expect. I mean, yeah, everybody, 
we all we all knew that going into the season that that's what was going to happen. As was predicted, exactly. So, uh, so you know, if the Reds can stay somewhere around 500 and uh, hey, get a win tonight, they're at 500, um, and they're still in the hunt here, tie game as as we're talking here. And yeah, they're you know six games out as of right now, but. Milwaukee's not going to sustain this pace. Uh, you know what? Game, games. In my opinion, games back don't mean anything, right? I mean, they obviously mean something, but they're not. It's not something. You know, I, I see a lot of people focus on that. I am not worried about that at all because teams. You know, the the Brewers haven't had their their down period. The Reds haven't had their their hot period. Uh, and Tucker Barnhart just threw out Dustin Pedroia, so he's pretty awesome. Tucker, uh, you are the man. Um, and so, um, you know, it's it, it's just it's so hard to uh, don't focus on that distance yet. You know, that worry about the distance. You know, all star break or whatever. If the distance is still there, then you start worrying about it. But the distance can be made up. You know, there's plenty of time to make up the distance still. What's going on in St. Louis tonight? Um, for, or going on with the Cardinals today? Uh, I don't know. Are they? Let's see. Okay, the Cardinals lost. To Atlanta, so I just because I'm looking at the standings here, and it, you know if the Reds win this game, they're tied for second place. That's awesome with St. Louis. So yeah, I agree. Until we get to August, September, uh, looking at games behind doesn't necessarily mean anything. But uh, hey, the, if the Reds can win tonight, that was a magnificent throw by. I just saw the replay, uh, Tucker. Um, they'd be in second place. That sounds pretty good. If they can tread water for a while, uh, I'm not sure at this point any team's looking like they're going to run away with this division yet. And so, how many teams have we? So, and so, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I've talked myself in over the course of this, uh, you know, forty-five minutes or however long we've been talking here, fifty minutes. I've just about talked myself into being optimistic again. Good work, Joel. I kind of feel like I'm your baseball therapist. <laughs> Believe me, that's exactly what I use this podcast for. So. <laughs> um, and, and after a week of what talk, what do I get out of it, Chad? What do I get out of it? I was hoping you'd never ask yourself that question. You'll, you'll quit, you'll quit joining me for these podcasts if you start thinking too seriously about that. Yeah, uh, yeah you know, um, if you think Milwaukee is really a 667 uh, winning percentage team, then yeah, the Reds are probably in trouble. Right. If you, if you think that they're probably not that good, um, and the fact that St. Louis is, is sort of scuffling too, then, you know, a month and a half or, or so until we can get Joey Votto or, uh, Jay Bruce back, Gosh, please don't let Joey Votto get hurt. I can't believe I just said that. Um, then the Reds could be they could be in fine shape, and uh, and maybe a couple of key moves to improve the team could be the difference. So, um, so who knows? Who knows? <laughs> All right. Well, Joel, what else do we have to talk about here? Uh, I just feel like there's something we just really need to discuss that we're not uh, we're not hitting on, and I just I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know, but you know that's why we do one of these every week, isn't it? Exactly. There's, there are things well, to talk about. I don't. I'm too busy. <laughs> well, <laughs> we can't all be as important as you, Mister Lockup. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that the point is that it's the Reds have played tonight is their thirty second game, which means there's 130 games left to go. And yeah, that's be a lot. that's a lot of games. Be concerned that they've had injury problems. Um, you know, I, obviously, I'm concerned. They've got to get some of these guys back and uh, and producing. But gosh, this season's far from far from over. Um, and the Reds are going to win tonight. 
I'm predicting that, and everybody that listens to this will already know the outcome. So uh, I've either made myself look foolish or made myself look really, really good. Yeah, um, yeah I think I probably just jinxed the Reds. So. <laughs> well, All right. I'm sitting here thinking it's the bottom of the ninth inning. There's a guy in first, and <laughs> David Ortiz just came up to the plate. That rarely bodes well for a team. Yeah, he's no better than the Reds designated here tonight. No, they're like on the same plane, same position, really. I mean, really the same player. Yeah, you basically swap them one for the. The only difference is one's left-handed, the other's right-handed. One's from the Dominican, the other's from Puerto Rico. Yeah, same thing. Other than that, other than that, as a matter of fact, I'm going to start calling Neftali Soto Little Poppy. Little (laughs) Poppy. That's his new nickname on Red Lake Nation Radio. Mid-sized Poppy. Mid-sized Poppy, right. He's not really little, so we'll call him sort of just a medium-ish Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joel. Um, as always, a lot of fun. Any final words for uh, for our listeners out there? Yeah, let's get off of here before something bad happens and we and they, everybody tells us that we sound like we're watching somebody die again. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that didn't work out so well last time. So let's get off so that we can celebrate a Reds uh, win uh, respectively in our own hopes. Um all right, guys, thank you all for, for downloading the podcast. I say it all the time, and it just uh, really amazes me that uh, so many of you download the podcast and listen to it when you've got so many other things you could be doing. And, and you need to understand how much we really appreciate uh, the fact that you um, that you listen because uh, we, we certainly have a good time putting this together. You can subscribe to – go to redlegnationradio.com if you want to subscribe to the podcast. You can also find us on iTunes by searching for Red Leg Nation Radio. Go there, subscribe, uh, leave a review for us. Uh, uh, hopefully a positive one, and pass along to your friends uh, the address, redlegnationradio.com, for the podcast. And you can subscribe via whatever you, however you prefer to, to download your podcasts. Uh, also, come to redlegnation.com. Follow Joe Luck up on Twitter at J-L-U-C-K-H-A-U-P-T. Uh, follow me on Twitter if you want, at Dotson C. I'm not sure, again, why you would. Follow us uh, at redlegnation. As well as we follow the Reds uh, all season long, a lot of fun uh, still left to have in this season. We are going to choose to be optimistic because Joel, who knows? Who knows? Thank you all so long. <laughs>